over 400 years ago, in the year 1601, the Italian artist Caravaggio did a painting of today's gospel. Although this is a very powerful and famous painting, Caravaggio, as did many other artists, got something very important wrong. In Caravaggio's painting, St. Thomas puts his fingertip into the open side of Jesus. However, if you noticed in today's Gospel of John, Thomas does not actually put his finger into Jesus' side, nor does he even touch Jesus. In the first part of the Gospel, Jesus appears to the disciples, but St. Thomas was not there. When St. Thomas returns, the disciples tell him, we have seen the Lord. St. Thomas then goes on to tell them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. So when Jesus appears a second time and tells St. Thomas, go ahead, put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe, we expect Thomas to actually do what he said he wanted to do. When Jesus invites him to do this, what actually happens is that immediately St. Thomas says, my Lord and my God, with absolutely no indication that he needed to prove after seeing Jesus. He did not need to touch Jesus' side, nor to put his finger in Jesus' side. What Caravaggio and so many others overlook is that Jesus invites St. Thomas to touch his wounds, but Thomas does not. He simply sees and believes. This theme of seeing and believing is repeated over ten times in the Gospel of John. In chapter 1, Jesus tells Nathanael, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. Jesus also tells the crowd in John 6, This is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Why is Caravaggio's mistake such an important one? Sometimes we want God to impress us. Sometimes we tell God what we need Him to do for us. And sometimes we even put conditions on our belief in Him. In all these situations, God invites us to deepen our journey of faith by seeing and believing. In other words, by seeing in the way that He wants us to see, not on in the way that we set for Him. We sometimes see with our eyes. Take a look outside, see how beautiful things are, things are blooming. But more important, sometimes we see more by closing our eyes and opening the eyes of our hearts and our minds. At times in life, we need to keep our eyes wide open. 
Like, for example, when we're driving a car. Make sure you keep your eyes on the road. A good driver keeps his or her eyes on the road at all times and even keeps their eyes on the things around the road and the people around the road. While driving, it does not help to try to see more with your eyes closed. If you do this, you'll get in a car accident and you can't tell the police officer that the priest told you that by closing your eyes, you can actually see more. That won't help. Other than when you are in your car, think of the many ways that you have seen more with your eyes closed and your heart and mind open. When you look from your heart at your children, brothers, sisters, or friends, do you see more than what you can see only with your physical eyes? Parents are often proud of their children, not because of something they are actually doing at this particular moment, maybe they're five or six years old, not having been able to even accomplish a whole lot, but because they can see exceptional talents of logic, of creativity, of humor, and a multitude of other skills and gifts. We can see the talents that are there, and we can also see how if these gifts are developed, they will grow to exceptional levels. Can we actually see them right now? No, because they're not quite there yet. That's also applicable in our life. We have to be able to see much more than we actually see. And this is particularly re relevant when we are going through difficulties in our life. If we are in a particular low spot in our life, to be able to see our life as being much wider and much more important and much more relevant than what is simply happening to us at that particular moment. We can't never allow the moment to define our entire existence. In a similar way, every day Jesus gives us an opportunity to see and believe many things that are not immediately obvious or visible to us. It is important to ask ourselves why we believe and what we need to continue to grow in that life of faith. I'll ask all of you to think of this and to identify moments in your spiritual journey when you first believed. And then identify different stages in your journey and how you progressed from a certain level of faith to a deeper one. Think of practical ways now, when you think of those transitions, think of practical ways that you can continue to build on the faith that you have and continue to grow to even further and greater um, closeness to our Lord. I'll share with you one, at least, of definite stages, or actually not one, but a series of definite stages in my spiritual life. If I think of my faith today, and actually this is why I invite all of you to do it, you'll realize that whatever level of faith that you have is never, is never a result of a moment. It's never a result of reading one book or saying one prayer or meeting one person. There's always a gradual progression from 
from stage to stage. And all those stages require very often the previous one. Stages that I've identified in my life, and just want you to share this with you so that you can do something very similar at home, or even share it with your family and friends. Our family went to church every single Sunday. So on Sunday morning, there was never a question of what we were going to do. I remember, I think, only two Sundays in my life that I missed church. One of them was actually I was in Jordan, and I didn't even know what day it was. I wasn't sure it was a Friday, because Friday was the day off, and I wasn't used to things being closed on a Friday, and I got completely confused. And I, I ended up going to church the next week every single day, but that's not the point. But the point is that that was the foundation. Did I come to the fullness of the kind of faith that I have today when I was four or five or six? No. But that foundation was laid that every single Sunday I went to church and I was open in one way or another. Not that I fully concentrated, not that I was actually thinking about what the priest was saying or any of the prayers, but I was there. I was open to something. Not even sure what that was, but the foundation was being laid for me because God works at his time, not in our time. We don't tell God, this is what I want to believe. We have to be open, and then something happens. And also, on a personal level, we always had dinner together at night, and we always prayed. So that slowing down was actually very important to realize that, wait a minute, okay, we have this food in front of us, so let's just stop, stop and pray. And then all, that also helped me realize that prayer was not just for Sunday. Not just like, let's go to church on Sunday, get it over with, and get on with our week, and get God off our back, right? Stop every single day. And then when I was in grade 8, I learned how to pray the rosary. My teacher taught us how to pray the rosary. And I ended up praying the rosary every single day. All for over 10 years, every single day. So why is that so important? Because I made a decision to pray every night, and then that decision to pray every night opened up other opportunities of faith. It helped me slow down. It helped me thank God for the day that passed. It helped me to think of the day that was coming with God as part of it. It helped me to think of what I was thinking of and how God can be part of my life and part of my struggles and part of my joys and part of my dreams. This was, I would say, also a very important angle, whether it was a specific phase or not. Not really sure, not, don't, we don't really need to define it that way. But it was a great time to build on going to church, praying uh, before meals, and then adding another layer of opportunity for God to work in my life. And then I identified in my life also a very important and very unique experience I had when I was in grade 11. Easter Sunday of all times, kind of great, relevant to our time. And I remember the priest giving a homily, and the homily was not something that I had not heard before. And this is the unique part of faith. It's not like I'm going to tell you today something that you have never heard, or that if you read the Bible you'll say, oh wow, I never, 
I never realized that we're supposed to pray or supposed to forgive or supposed to, you know it all. But sometimes when we slow down and open time for God, God works in a particular way. So the priest said something very simple. He said, we are celebrating the resurrection. Kind of obvious, right? It's Easter. But then he also said, what is unique about the resurrection of Jesus is that no other spiritual leader rose from the dead. No one else has ever risen from the dead. But Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, not exceptionally profound because that's what we've been reciting and that's what we've been praying for. But somehow, those words at that time, because of everything else that I had prepared for, just hit me, and more importantly, probably a better analogy for it, it filled me. It filled me. And it wasn't like something you see, it was something that completely filled my mind, my body, my soul, everything, right away, instantaneously. Jesus rose from the dead. A deep feeling of peace and joy, and a unique feeling that filled my mind, heart, and also filled my whole body. And that was an important additional phase. It wasn't the only phase. It was an additional phase that I entered a new level in which I began to feel an absolute certainty about my faith in all aspects of it. It was no longer a faith that I just attended church, not something that I just read or prayed about. There was an absolute certainty from that moment that was better than reading an entire encyclopedia and reading every single spiritual book. Was it the words of the priest? Was it that day? Whatever it was, it was me having prepared myself to experience that grace. I also had a very similar feeling about three years after that when I went to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage. And if any of you have gone to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you know that it's not a traditional church in like what people usually see as a church. There are many corners and angles and stairs and sides and... and I went one morning when no one was there, and I wandered around the different corners of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And there was one part which I was told is where St. Helen found the true cross. There's an area where she found a pile of crosses and she found the true cross of Jesus. Perfect time, I knelt down and I prayed in front of an icon. I had just entered the seminary, finished first year of the seminary, and I prayed offering my life to God. Once again, right away, a feeling of complete light, a complete peace, a complete conviction, a complete clarity that this is what I need to do in life. And faith is not an idea. It's not a delusion. It is a real feeling that God allows us to see more than just with our mind, more than just with our eyes, but in a way that he determines. That may not be your experience, and if you have not had an experience like that, don't think that you are um, anywhere less in the spiritual life. Everybody, give, God gives to everyone something unique. The point is to make our life open to faith, to give God our time, to give God our energy, to give God our intellect, and be open to Him taking us 
to that next stage and to the next level, whatever it is it may be, and when you and then and you will know what it is. When you see something, sometimes you need to focus to see it clearly. Think of how you know you see something in the distance, you're not quite sure, you need to focus to see it clearly. When you hear something, you need to be attentive to make sure you hear it and understand it properly. And when you are thinking through an idea, you have to really concentrate sometimes to formulate it clearly. But our experiences today of the risen Lord are not visual or physical in the same way we see a traffic light, but ironically, they are more physical. They are more emotional. They are more intellectual than anything we can possibly experience because when we see with the eyes of faith, this penetrates and it transforms our hearts, our minds, and bodies, and sometimes in a flash of a second. We end up seeing something we had been searching for all our life in less than a fraction of a second. This kind of seeing changes absolutely everything if we allow God to work in us in that way. For the disciples and the early Christian community, the resurrection changed everything. The disciples were confused and disappointed when Jesus died. Their faith disappeared because they thought Jesus was going to save them from something in this world, whereas Jesus wanted to save them and us from something greater, that is sin and death. It was only when Jesus appeared to them that they saw and believed. They did not, and this is the importance of today's gospel and the other um, readings of the resurrection, is that they did not see Jesus only physically. They did see him physically, but not only physically. Something happened to convict them, to convince them at the depths of their heart that what just happened is life-transforming and life-changing. They saw his power over death, and they saw what his resurrection meant for their life. Our spiritual journey is very much like that. We need to sometimes keep our eyes open to see the blessings that God has put in our life. But more often, we need to see beyond what our physical eyes can see. St. Paul describes this journey or this experience in his first letter to the Corinthians, where he quotes Isaiah 64, verse 3. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The problem with Caravaggio's painting is that it looks like St. Thomas only believed when he touched physically. But St. Thomas did not believe because he saw and touched the physical body of Jesus. He believed because he saw the risen Lord, and this led him to a new and transformed stage in his life of faith. Jesus told his disciples, and Jesus tells all of us today, peace be with you. Jesus first gives us temporary peace when our hearts are full of questions about what's going on in this world or in our life. But then Jesus gives us permanent peace when we, be, when we go beyond the physical to see and to believe. St. Thomas did not believe because he touched, but because he saw in a way 
that was more than just visual or physical. Jesus gives us much more to see when we look at him and celebrate the resurrection, his resurrection from the dead. Jesus invites us to believe and to see even more than what we see with our eyes. Faith does not mean closing our eyes to what is real. Rather, faith opens the eyes of our hearts and minds to see the many ways and, to the, and the many layers of God's love for us. For 40 days, we repeat, Christ is risen, he is truly risen. And we do this to remind us that we have seen his resurrection and we continue to see it in so many new and exciting ways when the eyes of our body, but also the eyes of our heart and our minds are open to see it.